You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. good i'm good i am too um excited about yes that. excited about this this interview i've been kind of silently following this gentleman um on linkedin and uh, social media and on the website and really excited to learn from him today who do we have today we have rabbi shlomo slotkin he is a certified imago relationship therapist and certified Imago worksheet presenter, and also together with his wife, Rivka, I hope I pronounced that right, they founded the Marriage Restoration Project. Nice. Hey, welcome, Rabbi. Thank you for huh. taking out this time. We appreciate it. Oh, um, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And, and like, I, like I told you before, this interview is probably going to be a lot of you talking <laughs> and, and, and us just listening <laughs> because I feel like there's so much information, a wealth of information that you possess uh, based on all that you've done. And so let's just jump right into the conversation. Let's start with this question. For those of you who heard, heard my wife say that the rabbi is a certified Imago relationship therapist, uh, talk to us about what Imago therapy really is. Sure. So Imago therapy is a, a type of couples counseling that was created by Dr. Harville Hendricks um, over 30 years ago. He wrote a book called Getting the Love You Want. And it's actually his own personal findings, research that he did when he was actually getting served with divorce papers from his first marriage. And he was teaching, he was a pastoral counselor, and he was teaching uh, a course in marriage and family therapy and working with couples. And he kind of said, you know, how can I be teaching this material if I can't figure it out myself? Mm. So he made it his mission to figure out why the dream becomes a nightmare, mm. as he says, and figure out why do couples start off so in love and why do things get so difficult to the point where, you know, half of the couples get divorced and the other half are, you know, hanging on by a thread, mm-hmm. kind of like roommates instead of soulmates. Wow. And he came up with the whole theory called Imago therapy. And I would say that, you know, there are lots of different, and I studied Gottman, there are many different modalities out there. Um, and Mago, I think, is unique in two ways. First of all, it gives you a, a real comprehensive theory of why couples pick each other, why pe- couples choose each other, and why couples experience conflict. And then it also gives you a real clear structure of what to actually do with a couple when you're working with them. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you think of couples counseling, people just come in the room and it's just like free for all. Um, and, you know, it can just get out of hand and, in a short period of time. But with the model, it's a very clear structure process. But just to talk about the theory and the word imago, imago means image. And what it means is that we all have an unconscious image of the of our ideal partner. Even though when you think about your, your spouse and you know all of the wonderful things that attracted you to them when you initially fell in love with them, but there are also things that are going on at an unconscious level. And the theory states that basically we're looking for someone who is going to be very familiar, who is going to remind us of the positive and negative characteristics of our primary caretakers. 
So basically, you're going to marry someone who's going to remind you of your parents, or unless someone else was, you know, was part, maybe a grandparent or a, another relative was involved in your raising. But mm-hmm. you're going to attract that, and you're going to do that because we said that marriage is for the purpose of growth and healing. That yeah. it's an opportunity to find somebody who's going to remind you of of the person who may have hurt you in some ways, and now is the time to kind of get it right. You know, it's the unfinished business of childhood. So it's very fascinating how how that happens. It's kind of frightening a little bit, but it's really fascinating, and it helps explain why why we why we why marriage is so challenging because it's almost like we're getting re-traumatized. And again, it, this doesn't mean that we had bad parents. Yeah. You know, as parents, all those in the audience, you know, as parents, you do the best you can to raise your kids, but you're not going to be able to know all their needs and be able to give them. It's like a you know a little baby cries. What mm-hmm. baby can't talk? Does the baby need a diaper change? Does the baby need to eat? Does the baby, they, they have a tooth coming in? So you can't possibly know all the needs. So a child grows up with what we call unmet childhood needs, and in some cases, childhood wounds, mm-hmm. where they're you know a difficult childhood, and they're looking for someone who's going to be able to help heal those wounds. But we don't realize that on a conscious level. Yeah. So it's like almost creating that laboratory condition that feel like it's a similar type of scenario, but this time we want to get it right. Wow. And that's through one, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot more to that, but we'll start with that and see if you have any. That is really fascinating. About that. that is fascinating because it's almost like it, it's almost like in these sessions you could potentially, for lack of a better way to put it, kill two birds with one stone. I feel like because <clears throat> often we think about we think about things in the in the terms of not looking for the person who <laughs> reminds us of something negative. But what you're saying is, is essentially that's just how we're built. That's what we do. And then in Imago, you can take that and begin the healing process, which I, which I would imagine for, if I take myself, for example, that would not only heal any childhood issues that I may still be grappling with, but it would also be beneficial in healing whatever might be happening in my relationship. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's so powerful because, yeah, as you said, you're killing two birds with one stone. And that's why we often recommend if you, if someone wants to do individual therapy and having relationship issues, we recommend the best thing to do is do it with your spouse because not only can you heal yourself, you can also heal each other and heal their relationship. So it's a very powerful because your spouse is the one who's uniquely so we're wounded in a relationship and the only way to truly heal is in a relationship with someone else. Hmm. So you can be in a relationship with a therapist, but it's artificial. You pay them yeah. right to check and they're done after 50 minutes. This is a, this is your, your spouse's ability to heal you by being able to meet your needs. Wow. Uh, and it's, and have compassion for you. It's very, it's a very powerful thing. Man, that's, that sounds powerful. And, 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 and for those of you that are listening, the rabbi will definitely let us know at the end of the conversation how we can get a hold of him. Uh, if you want to be a client, you want to get connected with him, we'll definitely talk about that. How did you, um, were, were you always kind of drawn to this type of work or did you, did you kind of start out knowing that this is what you wanted to do or was there a, uh, a journey to, to getting to this place of, of, uh, being a clinical professional? Yeah, kind of, um, this just kind of fell into it in the sense that when I got married about, um, almost, it would be 19 years coming up this summer. So, I had wanted to be a pulpit rabbi, have my own synagogue. So I was looking to different, uh, different synagogues in the, you know, around the country. And my, 
And I was also getting a master's degree in counseling psychology at Loyola. I just I thought it was a thing to do if you're a rabbi to have a counseling degree as well because mm-hmm. it's, it's useful. Yeah. And at the same time, my wife and I were struggling. We were married for about two years already and we had our first child. And at that point, things got, it got to the point where I was just like, we need help. Mm. So she had a hairdresser who told her about Imago. I had um, a colleague who told me about Imago. And I had heard about it before. But I didn't really know much about it. But they referred me to someone. We went to somebody together. And it was, we were blown away. I mean, it was a 90-minute session. And we just felt like we had fallen back in love. All the all the fear that we had, all the confusion about, like, what, you know, why were, we, why were we dealing with these struggles? Why do we keep fighting? Mm. All of a sudden, we started seeing a whole new possibility for our relationship. So we continued to go to the, to the Imago therapist. And it really made a huge impact. And... He said, you know, why don't you be, why don't you get trained? You know, why not? Because I said, yeah, well, this is amazing. I mean, this is therapy. This actually works. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, starting to be a therapist, you know, I wasn't really convinced that the other models, and we weren't learning anything too in depth for couples, but um, I was just like, well, this really works. I'd like to be able to learn how to do this. So I took the training and at the same time, I kind of decided it didn't work out for me to move across the country to become a pulpit rabbi. And I said, you know, I'm going to just stay, stay here from Baltimore, stay here and, and do this because I really feel like this is kind of my you know, ministry, so to speak. And I mean, I love, love helping couples. I love seeing the, the transformation happen right before me that a couple can come in very tense and, and they can have, go through this process and they can just feel like safe again, connected again, feel like new hope for the relationship. Um, so that's how I got into it. And so I've been doing this for, you know, I started Imago 17 years ago with my wife, and then I got trained about a year or so later. Wonderful. So I've been doing this probably about almost like 15 years or so. That's excellent. So when the couples that um, are in the Imago training with you that you facilitate, does the length of time where you see that they have this aha moment where you see that it's actually working and there's a breakthrough, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Does the length of time vary, or is it typically the same amount of time? How long does it take, I guess, is what I'm asking. Sure. Yeah, so it, it really it depends vary? on the couple. It, it can vary. It depends on the couple. It depends. In Traditionally, we do 12, 12 90-minute sessions. Gotcha. We recommend 12 weekly 90-minute sessions. Now, I actually do something different over the years. I changed my practice, so... I'm kind of unique in that, in the sense, in the, in the among the Mago therapists that I, I don't really see couples for weekly sessions anymore. I do a two day intensive, okay. a private intensive where I work six hours a day with a couple okay. for two days. Uh, and then I do the follow up, eight, 90 minute follow ups. Or sometimes we also have a group workshop. Mm-hmm. It's called the Getting Love You Want and Mago workshop. So we do that actually now we're doing it online. It's a group workshop with other couples. So if couples go to that, then I'll see them for the weekly sessions afterwards because I want them to have intensive experience. So when I do the intensive, I mean, in those two days, you know, more often than not, we're going to see a breakthrough. Mm. Uh, just the aha, understanding the theory, understanding why they're triggering each other, mm-hmm. why this is so familiar to them. It gives them a hope for the relationship instead of it just being mind, mindless, this conflict. It's like, this is why do we have to go through this? It's like, you know, suffering. Mm-hmm. They see it as an opportunity for growth and healing. But, Oh, now I know why we picked each other and, and I don't need to look elsewhere because I'm really actually in the right relationship. Mm. So they have a lot of aha moments that people make about understanding why they picked each other, understanding why they're having their conflict. And then of course, working through the issues through the structure, the model dialogue process, which helps them see the whole issue from a whole new perspective. 
Uh, but even when I did the weekly sessions, I mean, I would have couples, even the first session, it could be, uh, they have that aha moment. Um, other couples that are more resistant, or there's like a lot of, you know, resentment and anger there, and it might take longer to get mm-hmm. to that place to kind of break down the walls. Got you. Gotcha. Wow. That's Man, that's, that sounds like I, I actually want to go through this. I do too. I think I, I think we may thing. be reaching out to you, uh, <laughs> you Rabbi, because um, <laughs> I, I would just love to, because I feel like no matter where you are, no matter where you are in your relationship, you will always benefit from more information mm-hmm. and more exposure yeah. and and more support, yeah, you know, just absolutely. like just like what we talk about with the with the car, right? You buy a car and you don't just change the oil once and never change it again for the life of the car. You continue to go back and do things. You get new tires, you get, you know, your car benefits from that maintenance, that maintenance. Right. And I believe that couples also benefit from that. And so for those that, that might be listening who feel like they're in a good place, don't think that just because you feel like you're in a good place that you just don't tune this out and be like, Oh, that's not for me. That's for couples that are in, uh, in conflict or couples that are in crisis, Mm -hmm. this sounds like to me something that's just so powerful enough that it opens up your mind just to see the person that you're with, why you're with that person, what the benefits are, and just allow the healing, like you said, Rabbi, Mm -hmm. to to happen and allow you to move forth in a way that that is beneficial to your relationship. I I love it. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. You Rabbi, you you mentioned just now you were talking about how this uh, allows couples to see why they were in conflict. Just made me think of something I read on your website. I, I may misquote it because I don't have it right in front of me, but it was something to the effect of conflict is, uh, in essence, an opportunity for growth. A conflict is growth in disguise. Right. Un- unpack that because often when we... We shy away from conflict. We shy away from conflict yeah. or when conflict comes up, Obviously, there's a negative component to us going at yeah. each other, mm-hmm. right? But sure. we're never thinking, oh, well, let me pull out the, you know, the growth opportunities in yeah. this, <laughs> you know. Right. At least not right. at, not at, at, not the at that time. Yeah. yeah, talk about that. Talk about that. Yeah. Nobody wants conflict to happen, but it's inevitable and it happens. And the question yeah. is, what can we do to kind of transform that into into a opportunity for growth and healing? And mm-hmm. in terms of the way that relationships work in the Mago therapy we explain there are three stages to relationships so we start off with that romantic stage where you fall in love and everything seems perfect and you can't see the pop the problems and if you would see the problems you probably wouldn't no one would get married mm-hmm. and then you get to what we call the, the power struggle so once the once the chemicals wear off and you kind of you commit and you get married then all of a sudden you're like what, what's going on here who's this person i'm with this mm-hmm. is what i thought i was getting mm-hmm. and most people think of this, con- this is a reason. The conflict is a reason I'm fighting with this person. They're not the right person for me, and the mistake they're making is, is you're saying that it's there's something we need to understand what's going on in the conflict, and that's what we call getting conscious to achieve what we call the third stage, which is the conscious marriage. So basically, the whole goal of the, this work is to become conscious and to understand why we're experiencing the conflict. So once we become conscious of where the conflict's coming from then that's an opportunity for, for the growth. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming from an unconscious perspective and you're just looking at the pain, then it, you're just going to keep suffering and pushing each other's buttons. So like, for example, um, let's say that I really, you know, I want my wife to really validate me and really listen to me. But every time I talk to her, she just like, she can't sit, 
sit for more than five minutes. There's just something about it that bothers her. So I can just, we could just get stuck on this conflict and then we can have a story and I can just say, you know, you don't care about me. And then she could say, well, like you're just like going to smother me or whatever she's saying about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're annoying. Uh, and then I just, we're just going to get stuck. I'm just going to feel miserable. And then at some point we just won't even bother trying to connect and we'll just kind of, you know, leave the you know, like two trains, uh, two, I mean, two uh, ships passing in the night, not really connected. But once we understand, become conscious about the conflict, and I understand why is it that it bothers me, and my wife can understand what it was like for me growing up, let's say I thought I wasn't really validated and truly understood, then she can have compassion instead of feeling threatened by me needing to talk. She can feel compassion for that little boy and want to, you know, be able to grow and do something that's hard for her, which is being able to really be present and listen. And then that will heal my childhood wound of not feeling heard or validated and vice versa. I can have compassion for her story and realize where she's coming from instead of feeling offended. Oh, you don't care about me. You don't want to listen to what I have to say. I'm not important to you. Oh. I can understand. Well, it's hard for her to listen to someone because, you know, when she has a little girl, her father just used to sit down and lecture her for hours on end. So the thought of some a man starting to talk to her just sends her right into that like run, run, you know, mm-hmm. escape mode. Mm-hmm. So by understanding that and becoming conscious, we see that that conflict is actually an opportunity for both of us to flex our compassion muscle and to grow as individuals instead of getting stuck in the same old pattern. Mm. That's just, you know, one example of how, how we can see that conflict instead of what we want to really work through it and process it and explore it together and understand where it's coming from, that it's really an opportunity for the relationship to grow and to heal. That's excellent. I, I love it. What, what is a, what would you say for those that are listening? What would be a practical first step to to get on the path to achieving what you just talked about, to achieving that level of of consciousness where, you know, you begin to understand and you begin to uh, that compassion begins to come out. What's what's a practical first step to getting to that point? Sure. So, I mean, if, if you're not going to you know read the book getting what you want book, or if you're not going to go to like a workshop or a therapy, um, even just thinking about, okay, what are the things that bother me most in my relationship? What are the, what are the, the issues that really kind of set me off? Mm-hmm. And as you start thinking about them, then start thinking, does this feel familiar to me? Is this, have I experienced this before in my life? Mm-hmm. And often just doing that will help you realize this is really familiar. This reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. We, we say that if it's hysterical, it's historical. If something really pushes your buttons, if something kind of provokes a disproportionate response, so let's say your friend wouldn't act, react the same way, that's showing you there's something deeper there. There's something, there's some, you know, probably a childhood wound there. Hmm. So that's a great way to become more conscious just by getting clear what is it that bothers me and then taking ownership for it and trying to explore where is that, why is it bothering me? So yes, it could be that your spouse is doing something. That it's like, you know, it's like 10% of the problem is what your spouse is doing and 90% is your reaction to it because of your own baggage. Mm. And once you start seeing that, it opens up the relationship because instead of getting stuck in this conflict that seems to never end, you start realizing, okay, I don't like it when you do that, but you're not the enemy. You're not the source that it's, it bothers me so much because it's from my own, my own stuff. So I can take ownership for it and I don't have to villainize my spouse. And then when my spouse hears that, when my spouse can hear where I'm coming from, no longer do they have to self-criticize. If I'm just saying, you know, you do this and you do that, 
So they're going to feel defensive. They're going to feel criticized. And of course, they're not going to change. They're going to be protecting themselves. But if they understand the pain that I'm experiencing, where it's coming from, and, Mm -hmm. you know, this reminds me what it was like for me as a little child, then they're like, oh, wait, so this really is more about you than about what I, what you think I'm, what you're saying I'm doing to you. Of course, I don't want you to, to hurt. And I'm going to have, I can have compassion. And then that's how change happens. So, it's not like sometimes people think of therapy where the therapist kind of is a referee and they say, you know, okay, like, okay, you'll take out the garbage if you make dinner and then like we'll solve the problem by making, kind of putting a band-aid on it. Mm-hmm. But what we're suggesting is that we want the couple to be able to connect in a deep way, to have compassion for each other, to have understanding, to be conscious about the ch- our partner's childhood story. And through that, organically, we want to change. Nobody has to force you to, to give to your spouse. You're going to want to change. Because you're gonna, you're not gonna feel defensive anymore. Yeah. It's more about them and their story than about what you did. It just changes the whole dynamic. That's powerful. Yeah. That's 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 that looking inside yourself moment, kind yeah. of that self actualization type moment that you experience. Where I, I love what you said. If if it's hysterical, then it's historical. Yes, so good. That's you know that's that that's that moment where you're like, wait a minute, it's not you. There's some stuff in me. Mm-hmm that I recognize now points back to ABC situation. Mm. And and as a result, that's why you get what you get from me, right? Which opens the door for you now to, to gain greater understanding and um, be more compassionate. Compassion. That's what it's all about. Man, Rabbi, that's good stuff. That's good. I could talk to you about this forever. But <laughs> but in the interest of time, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. I want to know a little bit about and, and for those of you who are listening, you you're going to have to connect with him to really get the nuts and bolts of this. But tell us a little bit about the Marriage Restoration Project. Just what was the inspiration behind that and and what is that all about? Sure. So, so I was in practice for quite a while. And at some point, my wife felt she actually, we had a neighbor that was, her parents were going through a divorce and she was, had to go to those like singles weekends with her father. And it was like reminding my wife of when she was a little girl mm-hmm. and her parents got divorced around the same age. And she was just like, I don't want other children to have to suffer through what I, what I did mm-hmm. as a kid. And we really need to do something, make a global initiative, make something bigger than just a little local therapy office to really be able to affect more people, impact the world. And that was really my wife's kind of brainchild of creating, why don't we do this, the marriage restoration project. And we, we created an online course of marriage, marriage mastery school of success um, to be like a kind of like a do it yourself course. Mm-hmm. And then we just expanded off our offerings, doing our workshops and doing all, working with couples online as well. So we've been doing this online even before the whole uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And just really to be able to provide couples with resources to realize that things don't have to be so difficult and that all because you're suffering right now, and of course it's difficult to be in that position, but there is a better way. And even if you've been to therapy before, there's a, there's a different way because Imago just kind of helps you see your relationship in a whole new perspective. It helps you view the conflict in a whole new perspective, mm-hmm. in a positive perspective and, and encourage relationships and, and to support, support marriages that all because the going it's getting the going gets rough doesn't mean that you have to get going that you have to leave the relationship but this is exactly not only that you have to stick it out for but you actually can this is what you need to be doing this is the work you need to do to transform yourselves and and your and your partnership mm. so that's that's really where 
you know, how it all came about. And then, so the way that we work with couples, as I mentioned, we do private intensives where we work with couples for two days, mm-hmm. online or in person. We also have some clinicians in other cities that work with us. And also now everybody's kind of working online. Uh, and then we have a, we do the Getting Love You Want. It's an official Imago workshop. And that's a great workshop for people that maybe don't feel like we need some intense therapy, but we want to get a crash course in, in Imago principles and understanding this as well as learning the exercises that we teach couples. And it's, it's a great workbook that comes with it. It's a nice experience. So we're doing that online and I should have one coming up in July. Um, usually it's in Baltimore. And sometimes we travel, we, you know, we, were, we traveled a few times to New York this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, but now everything, of course, is online. Right. Sounds like a great program. Getting um, the love you want. The love you want. Yeah, that, that's a great program. Can, I want to do something. If I could get something from you, as you know, it's, the show is called Trade Secrets. And, um, you know, we talked about the premise behind that. If there was a piece of advice, obviously there's not one, but if you had to pull out a piece of advice or a trade secret, one for the husbands uh, and one for the wives, what would that be? Sure. So I I would say the most important thing in a relationship is safety. Mm. And obviously physical safety, it goes without saying, but emotional safety. Mm. And that when we're not safe, we show up at our worst. And I'll give you this. It doesn't break down 100% gender lines, but it tends to. We said something in Michael, we talk about the different ways that we react when we're not feeling safe. So you have one person who we call the, the minimizer or the turtle, and then you have the maximizer, the hailstorm. Like, so the idea is like the turtles walking around, like slowly crossing the road, and then this big storm comes down, starts raining hail on its shell to get attention. And of course, the turtle doesn't feel safe, so the turtle retreats further into its shell. Mm. And the more the turtle retreats, the more the hailstorm rains down because they want to get noticed and seen. They're trying to get his attention. So this is what happens in relationships. We, one person, we learn growing up often to, to adapt, to protect ourselves. So if we were in a home that our needs were not being met, so some people learned that they had to make a lot of noise, like the hailstorm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. We had to make a lot of noise to get our needs met. Yeah. And then other people kind of... Sh- minimize themselves. They kind of were like the turtle. They went into their shell. They kind of, if things were chaotic, chaotic at home, they kind of went into the room and they disappeared. So you have this dynamic in a relationship and usually people attract the opposite. And very often you have the, it's the woman is the health room and the male is the turtle. Um, not always, but most of, most of the time that's the case. And what happens is that the health storm's biggest need is to feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. When the health storm is not seen or heard, they make a lot of noise. They, you know, they're dramatic, they're emotional. They can scream, they can even, you know, say verbal, like, a, you know, it could even come across as almost verbally abusive. Um, and then the turtle, when they don't feel safe, they either freeze or submit. They kind of, uh, whereas the hailstorm's like the fight or flight, the mm-hmm. turtles freeze or submit. So a lot of people look at a relationship and they think like, you know, why are you so loud? You're just, you know, you're just like crazy. You're like, you know, hysterical or like, or you're just so passive or passive aggressive and you like are cold and disconnected and checked out from the relationship. But the thing that you, the trade secret that, you, that it's important to know is that when you see that bad behavior, remind yourself that your spouse isn't feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And they're probably acting that way because the more that you pull, the more that you protect yourself, meaning the more that you try to get safe, the more that you're going to provoke them. The more the hailstorm tries to get seen and heard so they can feel safe and not abandoned, 
the more the turtle is going to pull away and they're going to feel even more unseen and unheard. Mm-hmm. So just understanding yourself when you're, when you're going into one of those modes or when your spouse is, try to have compassion, try to understand they're not just being mean or they're not just being distant. They're not feeling safe. What can I do instead of further provoking them to kind of be in there? And this is a, a big eye opener for couples. When we teach them this, they start seeing that, oh, I didn't realize that this is a normal dynamic. I thought that this was just our marriage. Mm. Um, so that's like a really nice little, like, you know, secret that people can just can, it can really explain a lot of their relationship dynamic. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great one. Safety. That's a great one. And, and for those of you who are listening, you know, we say this all the time. If you're not already taking notes, you most certainly have to go back and listen to this again. Get out your pen and pad mm-hmm. so that you can get some of these nuggets and um, trade secrets that um, Rabbi is sharing with us. Um, that's a good one mm-hmm. because and what I'm, I've been kind of hearing a theme throughout this um, this conversation. Just and that theme for me is really I need to begin to look inside myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There there are many things that I may blame you for. Mm-hmm. But those things really point back to something within myself that mm-hmm. needs to be uh, healed, that needs to be explained, that needs to be shared or articulated in a way that you can understand where I'm coming from. And that is that's great because often that's not what we do. The first thing that we do is look to uh, place a level of blame, if you will, mm-hmm. on the other entity. Yeah for what's happening inside of us. Mm-hmm. That's a great trade secret. You know, understanding one, which one are you? You know, are you the, the turtle or the hailstorm? Or the maximizer. Um and yeah. and and then moving through that as a result. Thank yeah. you for that. Rabbi, what would you say when you're in therapy with the couples, what would you say is what you notice to be the most common theme or the most common issue that couples seem to be having? Yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately it comes down to not feeling safe with each other. So they're acting out, but they're, they're different symptoms. You know, obviously most couples, because they're not feeling safe, they don't, or they, they can't, they have trouble communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge one. I mean, so like, you know, some people have money issues, some people there's infidelity, some people, cell phones come up a lot, <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. um, but, but ultimately, ultimately, we, we're teaching them how to communicate in a, in a safe and connected way mm. so that they can feel safe with each other. So the so communication piece and what we call the Imago dialogue is really what helps people create the, the vehicle for creating the safety. So once people have that, that can really deal with all the little symptoms because, yeah. you know, everybody has their own sto- unique story for, based on their own childhood. Right. Uh, but most people are they're not feeling safe and they can't communicate and express what they're feeling in a way where they can feel heard and understood. Really yeah, and that that definitely is is it a big sense. one, and yeah, it does make sense because the the ability to be able to do that effectively, if you will, I would imagine is the trickle down to all of the other symptoms. Yeah. You know that that you mentioned, exactly yeah um, would be uh, be the the door the door mm-hmm. that leads down the road to um, you know successfully dealing with those other things. Mm-hmm. Man, this is such good information, Rabbi. I could keep you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have to pay your fee if I did. <laughs> but we have to get we will definitely have to get together at at another time and maybe have you back 
on the show at another time. This was such great information and just packed information yeah. into into this space. But before we let you go, and uh, before you tell us how we can connect with you, we just want to play a short game with you. And it's just a, okay. a game where we get to know our guests. No pressure. Just a couple questions, and, and, and my wife will talk about what that is. So we're calling it the 60-second Think Fast, and it's really okay. easy. It's not challenging at all. What I'm okay. going to do is ask you 10 questions, and each question you have a choice of which you prefer. For example, what's your favorite color, red or blue? And then you'd have to pick okay. one of the two. And okay. it's 10 questions, and... Um, we're going to try and do it in 60 seconds, and Ali is going to set the timer to put us under a little bit of pressure and see if we can finish okay. it in 60 seconds. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? All right. Ready. You ready? Babe? All right. Let's go. Okay. Here we go. See the movie or read the book? Read the book. Summer or winter? Summer. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Uh, small town or big city? Uh, small town. Car or truck? Car. Uh, gym or outdoor exercise? Outdoor. Tropical island or ski resort? Ski resort. Action movie or comedy? Comedy. Baseball or football? Football. And last one. Try a new dish or play it safe? Um, try a new dish. Very good. Nice. With time to spare. Very good. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Rabbi, we really appreciate yeah, you. Have a, do you have a, a diagnosis based on that? No, no, oh, no. No, no. <laughs> no it's, just, it's, just, it's just who you are. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. You're, you're a summer person, but a ski resort person. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Kind of best of both worlds. Oh, I like there. spring better, actually. But yeah, I do too. I do too. I like spring better yeah. as well. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. I don't have a diagnosis on any of those answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just makes you a human being. There you go. Right. right. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, Rabbi. Yeah, thank you so thank much for you. taking your thank time you. out. This was very insightful information. Very good. Much appreciated. We definitely want to stay connected with you. And 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 speaking of connecting with you, how can Folk who are listening, who want to go through the Marriage Restoration Project, want to uh, follow you on social media, how, how can they get a hold of, of you? Sure. So if, if you go on www.themarriagerestorationproject.com, that's our website. Uh, and then Facebook, we're on the Mar it's the Marriage Restoration Project. If you search on Facebook, you should be able to find us there and LinkedIn and all the other uh, <laughs> outlets. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, but we're looking for yeah. And if you have any questions about anything, we're happy to anyone who wants uh, questions. We have free guides on our website. We have a podcast blog. Um, we do have a group workshop online coming up on July twelfth and thirteenth. So, I would love to have anybody who wants to join who can be in touch with us. Excellent. And we'll put. Um, and we'll I hope put we'll be website. able to do this in person. Yeah. Yes. At the marriage restoration. Yeah. Yeah. Would love yeah. to do this in person really and, and, and connect and connect with you and your wife. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And for those who are listening, we'll put we'll make sure we put the information up um, in the um, show description so that you can get to the website, um, grab the books and, um, you know, register for the workshops and get a hold of uh, 
Rabbi Slotkin for this great information. I love this this concept of the Margot therapy. I love it. And I feel like, babe, we probably need to get, jump into that as well and, and, and experience that um, for us as well. Thank you again, Rabbi. Thank you so much for oh, your thank time. Thank you. Thanks for your time. I'm sure we will yeah, do this again at some point. Okay, I'm looking forward. Much appreciated. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless.